Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and many others. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, and the Family Podcast Network. Episodes also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, feedback, or guest suggestions to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. I'm Will Selden, and today we're excited to be joined by Frankie Stamps, who is a Fauquier Health patient living with Parkinson's disease, who joins us for a conversation about himself, how he stayed so active, his experience with the hospital's physical therapy, and the Lee Silverman voice treatment programs, and more. So before that, welcome to the show, Frankie. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, our listeners should know, Frankie, that you're you're a man on the go. Um, so we appreciate you fitting us into your schedule, which I know includes playing pickleball about four times a week, which is fantastic. Um, you're also a scuba diver and skydiver with, I think, more than 2,000 jumps under your belt, which is insane. And I also read that you even teach people, including your therapist, to juggle. So it sounds like you've got quite the busy social calendar. I have to ask, first of all, where does all that energy come from and why do you think it's so important for you to stay as active as you are? Boy, I do not know where the energy comes from, but uh, I have I have trouble sitting still. I'll have to admit that. I like always being active. Uh, it's just kind of in my nature. And I would imagine that helps with your diagnosis as well and everything. To zoom out a little bit, I want to provide some context about Parkinson's disease for folks who may not know. It's a chronic disorder affecting the nervous system. It can impact movement, a person's ability to perform daily activities, balance, coordination, um, it's also a progressive condition, which can mean that symptoms can get worse over time. Um, and it's estimated that 1 million people in the U.S. and 10 million people worldwide are currently living with Parkinson's. You were diagnosed 10 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. If you would, tell us about your experience processing that news when you got it and what your journey has looked like since then. I first started seeing symptoms probably a year or more before I got officially diagnosed. I I was walking down a hallway one day at work, and I noticed that my right arm was not swinging, my left arm was, and I thought, it's kind of odd. And on a regular visit to my regular doctor, I mentioned it, and he said, well, not everybody's symmetrical. But as time went on, I started getting tremors in my hand, and uh, and when I went back about six months later, he said, yeah, you probably don't need to go see a neurologist, and that's when I got officially diagnosed. It was in 2013. I remember that because 13 is an unlucky number. <laughs> and I feel very, very fortunate that my progression of the, the progression of the disease for me has been relatively slow. It has been 10 years and, uh, I have continually, my, my tremors have continually gotten worse, but very slowly. And, uh, other symptoms have showed up having to do with balance, having to do with dystonia, which is I think I'm going to make a move and my limbs don't do what I think my mind is telling them to do. Mm. But, uh, that's just slowly showed up. And we've been chasing the chasing the disease with drugs the whole time. Uh, we started off with light medication and then increased the medication as the symptoms come. You know, you start taking the doses of medicine and then uh, the symptoms go away for the day or for a time period. And then six months later, they start coming back, creeping back in. And you either have to increase the dosage or change the med. And uh, my neurologist has just been wonderful to come up with a scheme to slowly increase the med so that we don't overdo it. And uh, I I feel very fortunate that I haven't progressed further than I have. Yeah, absolutely. We really appreciate you sharing that with us. As I mentioned at the top, 
you've been really intentional about remaining active and have had some really good support in that through Fakir Health Therapy programs, including one focused on big physical movements to help people with Parkinson's and performing everyday tasks, and another program focused on speech volume and pronunciation to support effective communication, which can also be impacted by Parkinson's. I believe you've, you've periodically enrolled in these programs over the years. Tell us a little bit about the different types of therapy and how that's helped you. My neurologist at the beginning said that, you know, half the therapy for Parkinson's is medicines or pharmaceutical, but the other half is is physical activity. And I have always kind of been active, so that's an okay solution for me. To, yeah, that was to a good think answer. About having to do having to do physical exercise. So mm-hmm. pretty early on, I went to uh, a Loudoun County Hospital and took the big therapy. And the big therapy is a very structured thing. I don't know who came up with it, but it's a very structured set of routine exercises that you do two or three times a day. And by doing large movements with your arms and legs, uh, very specific movements, that causes your daily movements when you're not thinking about exercising to be more natural and be more accurate or more, um, it takes away from the tremors and it also helps with the balance and, and it just helps you in general. Mm. So uh, doing those exercises daily, that's tough. You know, I, I have to admit there's been lots of times when I've fallen back on that and not completed my exercises, but I do feel like sports like pickleball, skiing, you know, I feel like any, the sports I really enjoy doing, I feel like they, they help with the Parkinson's as well. So, Yeah, absolutely. I would say pickleball is definitely a, a big movement sort of exercise, and it's sweeping the nation now, so you're right on, on the trend, which is great. It's very addic- It's a very addictive sport. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I've only played one time, but I can't get enough of it. I, every time I have the opportunity to play, I really want to, so... Um, I was excited yeah. to see that you play so often. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I really enjoyed it. But, and it's a very social kind of uh, game as well, and that, that social interaction helps a lot yeah. as well. Yeah, most definitely. Well, one of the other things that I've read about you is that you've had sort of the good fortune over the years of working with some of the same physical therapists at Falkier Health at the different times you've gone in for therapy, even after taking breaks for a couple of years. And I can imagine that going through treatment like that and therapy like that requires a lot of trust in the patient-therapist relationship. So what can you tell us about the folks you've worked with at Falkier Health and the role they've played in your life and sort of how that relationship and that trust has grown? Well, I, I just think they're, the people at Falkier Health are fantastic. Linda has been my physical therapist. Uh, I think this is almost the third time, I think, that we're, we're going through this round of, of big activity. And uh, she is just really on top of the game in terms of noticing uh, what my Parkinson's traits are and finding exercises that help overcome those problems and and work my way back out of them. So posture is one of my biggest problems. I tend to be stooped over, and she has really zoned in on that and came up with exercises that have helped me tremendously. And then in the LOUD program, uh, Leslie... Fiddler has has really helped me in terms of helping me recognize that my voice is voice volume is low, and also that my posture has caused me to look down and not look up at like waiters and waitresses at at restaurants and things like that, mm-hmm. which has caused communication problems. So they're just really observant people who not only do they observe what it is that your problem is, but then they know what to do about it. It's just been great. Yeah, that's great to hear. Well, we really appreciate you sharing some of your journey. I know it's ongoing, and 
Um, we just wish you the absolute best going forward. Before we let you go, it's tradition on our podcast to ask our guests uh, just two sort of fun questions to close things out. And so we have a list of 10 mystery questions just to keep things interesting and different from episode to episode. If you'll pick two numbers from 1 to 10, and I'll ask you those corresponding questions. Uh, three and eight. Okay. Number three, a big question. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received, and why does it stick with you? Hmm. I think that uh, the best piece of advice I got was from a, a fellow that I used to work with, uh, and we would have weekly meetings to have Bible study meetings. Mm-hmm. And when I ran short on time at times, and I said, you know, I, I've got, I can either do physical activity or I can do spiritual activities. He said, by all means, go with the spiritual. Mm. <laughs> and and I have, I, I am a, a religious person and, and do believe that God is the creator of, of who I am and, and he's in charge of my body. And so I, I rely on that heavily. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and now number eight, you said, tell me one memory from your life that makes you smile whenever you think of it. Mm. Well, I have so many memories. I think it was a nighttime skydive in, in California. I used to live in California, Paris, and uh, hopping out of the airplane, at we were trying to do a, a night, night record skydive for the most number of skydivers joined together in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And uh, following a string of people out of the airplane door and looking down to a string of chem lights that were attached to people's bodies as we flew down to where the formation was, and then coming up, flying up to the formation and seeing all the people very vaguely, uh, you know, not not very clearly because it was just a moonlit night. All right. And and joining into that formation and turning around and, and uh, flying away and opening our parachutes, that, that was just an incredible, incredible feeling. Yeah, flying. that makes me smile hearing it. That's fantastic. Do you remember what the number was? How many people were involved in that? Yeah, it was about uh, 50, I think it was about 55 oh my at gosh. the time that was... But uh, the record's been much broken much larger than that. Now. Well, but fifty plus is—that's yeah. no no mean feat. So that's pretty impressive. Well, those are two really great answers. And with that, we have come to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcast and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. We want to once again thank our guest Frankie Stamps for joining us again today. Um, so thanks so much. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks a lot.